What was that? Yeah, well, there's nothing wrong with your laser. I told you you couldn't get through. Well, then maybe it's time for a smoke. Mullets and Memories, a MacGyver podcast about MacGyver. What is that stuff? Plastique. Silly putty with a bang. Greg, guess what? What? Welcome to episode 19 of Mullets and Memories. Oh. I am Dave Champa. I am Greg Klein. How you doing tonight? I'm swell. How about How are yourself? You? Yeah. How you feeling? You feeling better? You know, this cold is still with me. Oh man, that's it's been you've been well, the cough's gone, but I mean, you've been struggling with it since like first of the year. Yeah. Or a little bit before that. It stinks. Well, I'm sorry. Thank you. And I feel bad, but we have a pretty good episode of MacGyver tonight. There's more important business. Way more important business to talk about. Episode 19 of Mullets and Memories. I'm sorry. No. Episode 19 of MacGyver. Slow death. Which I don't get. I, don't, but. I was actually going to bring that up and we can talk about it at the end because I don't understand what they're referring to <laughs> with the slow death. Um, so MacGyver is on a train that is hijacked by Indian tribesmen. He tries to help them find the Westerners who sold tainted medicine to their tribe and resolve the situation peacefully. Now, I'm just going to ask, how do we know that they're Indian tribesmen? I, really good question. Their accents certainly don't sound like they're Indian? Nope. So, and they're not dressed like that? Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. The train most certainly is not from India. We don't know where this is taking place because the, the lead, like the head honcho, only refers to their village. Right. So we don't actually know where it's taking place. So Some, somewhere in the world, yes, on a train, yes, which is great, and that already got points. I know it got points for you because it was on a train. Yeah, it was actually pretty slick. Um, so so yeah, so we open with these Indian men, um, planting dynamite on a bridge, mm-hmm. and this train's about to cross it, or we think it's about to cross it, right? But it is literally the longest, most drawn out scene of men laying diamond dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> of of men laying dynamite that I think I've ever seen. Like it keeps cutting back to them, like over the course of fifteen or so oh, minutes, easily fifteen minutes. Yep, they're still um, and they're still ra- setting up they're dynamite. wrapping it around and they're putting it in. They're sticking it into the bridge. So stick yeah, it right into that bridge. Stick it right onto that bridge and get it ready. So they're yeah. So they're setting this dynamite up to basically detonate the bridge. And we cut back, and we hear this like horn honking, mm-hmm. and the uh, the uh, the train operator slides the window open. He looks behind him, and MacGyver is bombing down next to the train in a taxi, just <laughs> screaming at the operator, "Stop the train! I gotta get on the train!" <laughs> like leaning out of the car, like "Stop the train! Uh, stop the train! I gotta get on!" And they're they're it cuts to passengers inside. Oh, looks like he missed his uh, <laughs> and they're he like all the departure. Yeah. They're all laughing at him. <laughs> And the conductor, not the conductor, the operator is like, "No, I can't stop the train. I'm not going to do that for you. Right? I'm not. I'm not stopping this train." No. So, then the guy was like putting his hands together. He's like, "Please, I'm begging you. I gotta get on this train." And the operator, "No, I'm not. Oh, 
oh, okay, all right, you can get on the train. But obviously he doesn't stop the train. No. So the cab barely slows down. MacGyver jumps out of the cab and just takes off running down the track. That he runs. So instead of like you would think he would jump from the cab to the train, no, he gets out of the cab. The train slows down a bit, and MacGyver like charges down after the last car and hops up onto the steps into the vestibule of the last car. Right. So he gets onto the car, and almost immediately he meets a couple people uh, uh, upon entry. We don't know who they are yet, but he finds a seat, and he sits down, and he sees this little girl before he has to go get his food, and he gives her a gift. (laughs) And I don't even know. He makes a doll... Out of a handkerchief, and I don't even. What did he put under it? I don't know. He just had cocktail like, napkins, like stuffed. Yeah, it. looks like he would. He was making a ghost out of a sheet in a pillowcase. Yeah, you, know, you stuff the pillow in one end, and you kind of wrap it around and tie it so it looks like a head. And fl- he kind of does that, right? But th- this little girl was watching him running after the train, right? Yeah, and look looks a little bit like the girl who played Curly Sue. Yes. Yes, yeah. absolutely. I didn't. I didn't even put that together. But she did. She did look exactly like her. Um, yeah, gives her this weird, this disembodied head, and he like takes a sharpie and he like draws hair and eyes and eyelashes, and he just kind of like hands it to her. It's a wordless conversation. They don't say anything. He right. just like looks at her and he hands her the thing, and then he gets up and. He walks away. Well, the, but there's like that really nice piano music, like the MacGyver theme is playing. Smooth as shit. And, <laughs> and like there are other people watching him like, oh, isn't that so darling? He's yeah. making her... What, this never comes back into it at all. No, because she bookends the episode. That's We don't see her again until like the last 30 seconds of the does episode. Does she still have the doll? Yes. This creepy well, and little... We'll, <laughs> we'll, and we'll get to what she does at the end of the episode. But yeah, she doesn't show up again until the end of the episode. So <laughs> after that whole scene, we cut back to the men still laying dynamite on the bridge. Oh, right. And the train is... Still approaching the bridge Barely, very, down, very yeah. slowly. Yeah. And they actually signal to each other, the men kind of signal to each other with mirrors that like everything's almost ready. But it's not yeah. quite ready because we still got about like 18 minutes <laughs> until the train hits. <laughs> um, so they're back on the train and MacGyver orders, I didn't know they could do this on a train, MacGyver orders a roast lamb sandwich. Because <laughs> he's hungry. Because he's starving and he's hungry. And he's about to order a drink and a man named James appears he's one-armed he has one arm yeah and they kind of converse for a minute over drinks macgyver (laughs) opts out of the alcohol portion right and he just orders a large glass of milk the train kind (laughs) of hits a bumper it kind of like shakes james falls and macgyver goes to help him and then james has kind of a mini meltdown right in the middle of this and some other woman who we don't know yet kind of comes up behind mac and tries to help the man yeah, and he has this meltdown. We we pulled it here, right, right, because James has one arm and he's self conscious about it, right. And uh, they try to help him up, and then James has this weird comment. Okay, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Don't pluck over me, woman. I'm a cripple. You're black. Neither is a condition for sympathy. <laughs> it's not even like, not even the same ballpark. I'm a cripple. You're black. Neither is a condition for sympathy. Oh, well, okay. technically, people can feel bad for you if you're missing an arm. Right. But this woman is a fully formed, fully functioning human being, regardless of whether or not she's black. I know. It's just a weird thing. You learn more about um, this this guy 
uh, why he only has one arm as the story goes on. Yeah, and it's actually but kind it's of just, a it's kind of a tragic story about how he loses the arm. I'm a cripple. It's yes, just you are. Too bad. It's just, so. it's just too, too bad. You're black. Oh, God. <laughs> so r- the very next scene, the woman introduces herself as Andrea. Not Andrea. Hi, I'm Andrea Collins. She's American, though. She's a- and- Andrea Collins. She and Max sit together, and they chat for a bit. Like Andre the Giant? Yes, exactly. Does that really want the peanut? <laughs> um, so, so MacGyver... Without being prompted or without like any sort of swaying, explains to her exactly why he had to chase the train down. Well, she made a comment. What did she say? Something about like, you know, you're American. <clears throat> I know. I know. Rushing when I see it, like you, you, you had to get on this train. I, she said she worked for the State Department. Yeah, it's like I know what it means to rush. You're rushing for something. Oh, that's why, right. Why are you here? That's right. Like she immediately like. You're an agent or something. Something's going on with you. Right. So he explains to her that he hijacked proof of an illegal arms oil deal, and if he gets the proof out of the country in time, it will avoid a war, which explains why he had the cab chase down the train. Okay. So, illegal arms oil deal. Which just makes me think, like, couldn't he have just had the cab drive him all the way? Or... Take him to an airport. Yeah. I don't know. Fly out of the country. But then we wouldn't have an awesome train in this episode. That's true. That's exactly right. So then we cut to Andy and Laura. God damn it. They want to be married. Laura's having reservations about being married. Andy wants to be married. She wants to be married too. But But she's very skeptical about it because she witnessed a divorce when she was 12, assuming her parents divorced when she was 12, which... He has this moment with her back and forth, and we'll play that moment first, and then I just, I have some, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. And it's what I want. I thought it would be what you want. It is. That's why I want to be damn sure. I lived through a divorce when I was 12. I'm not going to go through one of my own. What do I say? Trust me? Gamble on me? Love me. I guess that's what we both say. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, so so they have that thing back and forth, and clearly you could tell that the dude was overdubbed. Love me. Love me. <laughs> Love me. So I don't know. It yeah. was just a it's just a weird B plot to throw in there, and it didn't make sense to me why it was in there because it did nothing to further the plot. It did nothing to further the characters. Right. You could have moved the story forward without these two characters, and it would have been just fine. Well, like the same bit with the girl and the little doll. Like That didn't advance anything right. other than showing MacGyver as kind of a caring person. They humanized yeah. him a little, right. which I think was fine. And I can, I could, you could make a better case for he and the girl than for these two jackweeds. <laughs> I know. So, But at least, at least one thing can happen. Yeah. Love me. Love me. <laughs> so, so James comes back to Andrea. He apologizes for his behavior, which actually I thought was kind of a nice yeah, moment. He's like, I know? owe you an apology. Which was nice. I thought it was great, and I, I appreciated that they did that. So all is well. They kind of make amends. The train is now inching ever closer. If we were looking at a map, it probably would have only gone about a sixteenth of an inch on the map. <laughs> it's going real slow. So one of the men blows a horn out in the field. So one which, of the guys setting the, the dynamite. One of the guys, yeah, one of the guys setting the dynamite blows a horn, which is loud enough for two men on the train 
to hear the horn go off. That's right. <laughs> that signals them to pull their guns and basically start the hijack. They basically start to kind of hold people hostage to, to, to move things forward. Right. So I guess as the train passed a certain point where that guy in the field with a horn, when the train passed that point, he blew the horn. So the guys in the train could hear it because they were sitting like in the passenger yes. seats. They weren't like waiting out no. between cars or something. <clears throat> nope. They were in the way there and they were in the back, like back corner of the train. There's no way they would hear that. Over the engine? Yeah. Over like just the and noise. The tra- and just the train running over the tracks? No. So yeah, so they heard it. So they get up with their guns and they're they're kind of yelling at everyone. The conductor kind of shows up out of nowhere and he's like, "You guys, you guys, you can't go through here!" Dah, dah, and they get into a scuffle and he shoots the guy in the stomach. Yeah, the guy shoots this conductor in the stomach. Boof, and he <laughs> may or may not be dead. <laughs> right. That's sort of what the, that's sort of what they're saying because it's funny because MacGyver doesn't know which he knew in the last episode when they blew that van up with the shotgun and the sunray. Yes, like. Right. Are are they dead? No, they're just stunned. They're just stunned, right. No, so this guy gets shot in the stomach and Max I don't know if they're dead. I think they're yeah, I think he actually <laughs> said like this man may or may not be dead. <laughs> right. And you, and you cut to a scene of the guy and he's just laying there with his eyes closed with his mouth like wide open. He's like oh. <laughs> So shot in the stomach like uh Freddy Krueger and um, whatever. So yeah. Oh, mm, Tim Wexler. Tim Wexler. Tim Wexler in uh Flames End. Flames End. So <laughs> show. So oh, this happened was awful. So okay, so James shows up and he's like, Well, I'm a doctor. You need to let me through to check on this man. And they're like, No, we're not gonna let you through. And then he has a line. I don't know if we put we don't no. know if we pulled the clip. He's like, I'm I'm clearly non belligerent. And he shows <laughs> like he shows has the arm one arm. And he's still drunk. Oh uh, absolutely. He is like oh my god, so shit housed. Yes. And the funny thing is, throughout this entire thing, he's slurring. Oh, yeah. I don't know if it's just the actor or the way he's doing things, but I'm just going to say this man was drunk the entire time. Do you know who would have done this part better? I don't know, David. Who? Quail. (laughs) And a one-armed quail. (laughs) I'm a doctor. As you can see, I'm I'm clearly (laughs) non-belligerent. MacGyver, tell him. (laughs) So anyway, so so James does his little bit, and he goes, now let me pass. And he kind of walks past the guy with the gun, sits down next to her, and then this other woman, Diana, shows up and she goes, well, let me help him. Dirty Diana. Dirty Diana. Dirty She's like, Diana. let me help him. Let me help him. Well, no, you're not going to help him. You're fine. And so they kind of, she and his, she and her mom have this back and forth, and eventually they relent and let her go forward mm-hmm. to sit with the old man. And the hijacker tells MacGyver, all they want on this train are two men. We just want two men. Once we find these men, we will leave, and we're going to kill them. Right. Like, shooting the conductor was an accident, though he clearly shot him on purpose. The gun was clearly pointed at his stomach, and he right. shot. So he's like, yeah, all we want are these two men. Once we find them, we're gonna, we'll are gonna we go. These two guys are going to be dead. Yeah. We're going to kill them. All so, the while, MacGyver's plotting right there at the bar. Oh, yeah. He's plotting a little way to, to run away, though yes. he doesn't really need to run away. No. Because no. Because they don't. So. Because he's not in any trouble like he hasn't done anything yet so macgyver's quietly like filling one of the little like a, a, a little like saucer on the bar with like table salt yeah and like were there a lot there were limes in the bowl there, too there were limes yeah there were li- yeah it was a bowl of cut limes yep he dumps a bunch of table salt in it while he's like having this conversation really nonchalant and he slowly like lines up like a soda gun like one of the uh like a, like co2 a, soda a guns yeah. yeah to it and <laughs> Dumps a bottle of olives on the ground, says oops. The guy looks down. Yeah, and when the hijacker looks down, he sprays the soda water into the, the 
little saucer with the limes and the salt, and it ricochets up and blasts the, the guy right in the face. Blinds, so like, him. blinds him. Yeah, blinds him with acid and, well, lime juice and salt. And right. then he goes to run after MacGyver and trips all over the olives. <laughs> right, right. And so I'm either I missed it. I was watching it down here with Lucy. She was in the room with me, so I was watching it. I may have been distracted. But the next thing, MacGyver's on the roof of the train with a, go- with a bottle of moonshine. Right, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> He's got a bottle of moonshine that he must have yanked from the bar. Right. Is, on the, is on the roof of the next car saying moonshine burns really good. This kind of thing. Right. White lightning. Um, and he lights it on fire so they can't chase him. Right. And he runs all the way to the front of the train to the locomotive. Right. So he forces the men. Before that, he forced basically forces the men to not not just like retreat, but jump off the train. <laughs> they couldn't have just retreated back into the cabin. Right. They jumped off the train. Yeah. And so, like you said, so he makes his way to the front, and he's now in the front of the train with the operator. So... He gets there, and once he's there, the operator tells him that once we cross that bridge, we're going to be out of bandit country, is what he refers to it as. Yeah. So the operator is convinced that these men, there's no way they're going to stop a moving train. There's absolutely no way. But if you guys saw our Instagram page, there's a picture. This is the picture this scene comes from. You can see there's a look in MacGyver's eyes where he's processing something. He's like, no. He's like, something's gonna something's gonna happen. He's like, I'm not sure what, but you can. He, and that's the beauty of I think what Richard Dean Anderson does is like you can tell just from the look in his face, he knows that something is about to happen, but he doesn't have to say anything. And I think aside from thinking that his hair looks great, in oh that my wind, gosh, it was beautiful. So it's there. There. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna dork out a bit. They're riding a, a switcher locomotive. Okay. So it's riding a uh, cab first. So right. so like the front. So essentially, the what it would look like the rear of the locomotive. It's like all windows and a door, so he can look like straight ahead. Yep. He's standing in the door, <coughs> in the cab, and all the winds just coming right in his face, and it's like blowing his hair back. Beautiful. And it looks great. And the uh, the uh, the engineers off in the back, just kind of looking yes. at him. Oh, and it was I, beautiful. And there could be a caption just like. Mm. Like just M's. Hmm. So without you know, without fail, the men detonate the bridge and the operator pulls the brake in hopes that he's gonna stop the train before it crashes and goes over the side. Right. Not the best explosion I think we've mm-hmm. seen in the series so far, but not terrible. Right. It was okay. But I think they really blew something up or they did something. It feels like they did. Yeah. It looked it looked more authentic than some of the other bits, like the bouncing rock on the Jeep. <laughs> right. <laughs> um so the men are attempting now to board the train, and MacGyver. I did. Do we pull this? I don't know. MacGyver rigs the train's starter to shock anyone who attempts to start it. The only two people who now can, can start the train are Mac and the operator. Yeah, and that's so that's he's that's like it. I'm I'm gonna rig it so only you and I can start it. Like he he does okay. something with the kill switch in the locomotive, and he wraps like, coils something around the switch, and so yeah, they, and anyone comes in to like flip the switch, they're gonna get a nice little shock. And he says, "There's enough voltage here so that anyone who tries to start this will, uh, the the they'll get electrocuted and they'll uncurl their beard." Yeah, I was like, "Oh, <laughs> all right, fair okay. enough." So Hassan orders everyone off the train so that they can find these men Who's that they're Hassan? looking for. Hassan is the leader. He's he's the leader of the tribe, I okay. guess, you know, as, as we're describing them. So he agrees to let Diana stay on board with the conductor to make sure he doesn't die. Um, off the train, Hassan promises that all of the other passengers will be safe as long as the men are found. Mm-hmm. Right? 
That's basically right. that's basically what he says. So we have a little scene, kind of a little backstory as to why they're searching for the two men, and it makes a lot of sense. So a little while before this episode took place, the people of his village had bought medicine from two Westerners, as they call them. And oh, we had actually we had a clip, didn't we? Well, a clip of Hassan like trying to gather the Westerners together. That's right. So let's let's see. I think this is a little bit after. Let's find out. Okay. Search the trade. Bring me the Westerners. Do not move. Everybody, yeah, that's it. Just bring me the Westerners. Do not move. They gather up all the Westerners. Yeah, and that's that it. it. So I jumped the gun a little bit there. My apologies. So, yeah, so the people of his village had bought medicine from two of these Westerners. Because of that, 26 people in that village died. One of them was Hassan's son, mm-hmm. who had passed away. So he doesn't know who the men are, but... Apparently, he knows they're on the train, I guess. Um, (laughs) But he's forcing the passengers to find out who the men are among them. He refuses to feed them and refuses to give them water until the men are found. Right. seems a little unfair because he's like, well, these people, these passengers going into the village will be fine. But you assholes. (laughs) Yeah, so so the train is stopped on presumably the only track. In the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Um, I guess no train is going to come up behind them. Okay. Right. And he's going to hold them hostage on the train in a sense of their own volition. Yeah. Without food or water until they amongst themselves find who the perpetrators are. Right. Right. Okay. Fine. I I guess. this Now this whole thing starts feeling like um, murder on the Orient Express. Yeah, you've ever watched that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, only the only difference is on that movie, they are stuck in a snowbank, like the uh, the line is blocked and they're shoveling their way out. But there right. has been a murderer on the train, and they have enough time to find out who the murderer was because everyone's captive essentially due to the storm. Same exact kind of preface here, or pr- premise here. Right, right, yeah. exactly. So, so MacGyver basically volunteers to try to out these two men and figure out who they are. Because everybody trusts MacGyver. Of course. Even if they've only now known him for, you would assume, what, f- four or five hours? Maybe. At this point, maybe yeah. that. Because it's dark now when we cut back to, <sighs> when we cut back to the episode. Uh, so Andy, fucking Andy, <laughs> tries to figure out a way to steal a horse and get some help. But Laura refuses to let him do that. But yes, right at night. Right, but he doesn't. He doesn't do it. Right, he doesn't do it. So MacGyver tells the two of them that they're going to have to rely on each other at this point. We're just going to have to kind of band together. Mm-hmm. So Mac and Andrea are sitting on the edge of the train, and we have a nice little scene. And Andrea's basically, I'm sorry, Andrea, <laughs> basically wants to know like why you're not scared of what's about to happen. <laughs> May I join you? I was hoping you'd ask that. (laughs) How come you're not scared? Well, you know that old saying, Lord, give me the strength to deal with what I can and endure what I can't. Well, I'm enduring. 
You know, in a weird way, you're a comfort, MacGyver. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Mm, Oh, yeah, okay. All right, cool, great, thanks. So they're sitting in the vestibule between cars. Um, They're just kind of sitting there, the doors open, Max whittling away at something, and they're just having this nice little conversation all night. Yes, they sit there all night until the sun rises, and we assume it's probably early evening at this point, probably 8 or 9 o'clock. Right. Because the next scene we cut back to them, it's day, and they get up and start moving. So they've been sitting there all night. Fucking amazing. I love it. Just calmly talking to each other. So while they're chatting, we cut to James and Diana, and they're kind of sitting over the conductor making sure he's okay, and they converse over some seltzer. As you do. So apparently they forgot to get rid of the seltzer. Um, I'm still going to say that uh, James is rip-roaring drunk. Oh, he because he sounds drunk the whole, still the drunk. whole time. You're black. He's he's just drinking the the medicinal alcohol. Oh my god, I bet he is. So so they share this moment and apparently we're supposed to care about their about them being together. He complains about ghost pains in his arm and so she kind of asks, "Well, what happened? Mm-hmm. Like what happened to your arm?" And he goes, "Well, actually this is sort of helping me to talk about it." So he brings up this story and actually it's kind of a terrifying story yeah. the way this happens. So Apparently, what, he said eight weeks ago it happened or seven weeks ago seven, it happened? Seven, eight weeks ago, so yeah. Seven or eight weeks ago, a drunk man came into the hospital that he was working in with a gun, mm-hmm. kind of waving it around, threatening a, to use it. A shotgun. Was it a shotgun? Yeah, a sawed-off shotgun. So he comes in with this, and so James, being the man he was, asks for the gun. He comes up to the man, and he's like, give, please give me the gun. But he got so close to the man that when the guy pulled the trigger, the bullet disintegrated his arm is what he called it. So basically, <laughs> God, could you just imagine? Well, the sawed off? Sure. Blew his arm off. Yeah, yeah. Blew his arm clean off. And then James and Diana make out. <laughs> yeah. He makes out. They make out. That's but not it. MacGyver and Andrea. See, that was the thing. I was waiting for MacGyver and Andrea to have this big face-sucking escapade but no. like, in the vestibule of the train. But no, no. No, they just talked until dawn. It's the it's the doctor and Andrea. No, and doctor and what? Andrei- Andrea. <laughs> Dick. So that was another bizarre, like, C-plot. Like, right. It just was like, really, okay, so you only needed, like, Andy and Laura to play out this plot. They could have just they could have cut those four characters into two characters. They Andy and Laura could have been the ones to watch the conductor because Mac doesn't use them. Right. He doesn't need them. He needs James and Diana at one point. So they could have just combined those four characters. And I, I don't know. It just didn't make sense to have two different plot lines. Right. There were too many plot lines that didn't go anywhere. Exactly. Unnecessary. This, yeah. So so when Mac and Andrea are talking. Mac is whittling God. a piece of metal. He's messing with something. He's got a Swiss Army knife, and he's like whittling something down. And eventually, she's like, "Oh, what was that you're doing there?" He whittled down a hypersonic whistle <laughs> yeah. to scare the horses. So he basically cut it to the point where, when he blows into it, it's the perfect pitch to scare the horses away. Right, and that's basically yeah. So <laughs> uh, it was just unbelievable. That he did that, but yeah, I don't think we which know he, which what he, he was whittling. Which he never uses for himself. No. No. No, he does not at all. <clears throat> so Andrea attempts to apologize to Hassan for the villagers dying, even though yeah. it's not, obviously it's not her fault, but she kind of tries to, to apologize and sort of like gloss it over. So Hassan explains that his son 
He was the one who took the medicine first, then administered all of the meds to the rest of the village. And I love this quote from MacGyver here, and he says, so you're going to avenge death by killing. Right. I don't know. It was just a nice thing. I like yeah. I like the way he delivered that line. It's like it doesn't make sense. Right. So Hassan demands they find the men, and then they can leave. But you, you did skip over a bit here. Did I? Where uh, Andy tries to escape. Oh, yeah. He and Andy. Oh no! Here it is. I have it. <clears throat> yeah, I have it right here. Yeah, keep, okay. go ahead. You go. Well, Andy. So the night before, Andy wanted to escape. But what's her name? Didn't want him to. Right. So all night he never tries to escape. So all night goes by. So he decides to try to escape when she's asleep. Right. And the sun is up again. And it's and morning. It's bright out. Yes. Perfect. Perfect. So he sneaks out of one car and sneaks. Under between the rails and is crawling along to run out the back of the train to like crawl all the right. way out so no one can see him, even though there's tons of space between under the cars. You can definitely see him. And he runs away and uh, they immediately start chasing after him because they see him because it's freaking daylight. Right. And this is where Mac uses the horse whistle. That's right. That's right. Yes. So he, Mac tries to train the horses now. He, he just blows the whistle and it freaks them all out. Enough, um, enough to kind of take the take the pressure off of Andy, so right. we can get Andy back and, on the train. And MacGyver runs out as like his buffer. It's like, don't shoot, don't shoot. I'm taking him back. Right. But where the hell was Andy gonna go? Right, because he just runs out into the middle of the field, like in the wide open, when these men are just like trotting around on horses. Right. So freaking moron. That's why his girl didn't want him to run out exactly, there because he's an idiot. Because he's an ass. So what we actually find out is that actually someone blew the whistle on Andy. So he very well could have gotten away. I guess so, yeah. But somebody had actually blown the oh, whistle yeah. on him. So Dick McDickerson. We see a guy who, at this point, he's really gone largely unnoticed. We have one little scene of him about 10 minutes prior where he's getting spooked by something, and you see him put a briefcase under the mattress on the train, oh. and then he folds the he folds the bunk back up into the wall. Yeah. So the guy's name is Kramer. Of course. Yeah, of course. So he's re- so he's the one. So he blows the whistle on Andy to kind of take the pressure off him. And that's what these people, they all kind of deduce that. Like, he did this. He's doing this in an attempt to take the heat off of him because he might have something to hide. Right. And he might be one of the men that Hassan is looking for. But I, it would be weird, though, because you would think that... Okay, so yeah, he blew the whistle so that Andy would get caught. So Andy would, yeah, okay, I get it. I would yeah. be thinking, oh well, let him go, right? So then you would, you'd think either way. I don't know. Okay, yeah. I, I get his reasoning. Yeah, so, sure. upon searching in Kramer's bunk, MacGyver finds the briefcase full of money, but then Hassan opens it and looks and says, "Well, this is paper. Yeah, this can't be him. He's like, he is a thief, but he's not our thief because I paid for the medicine in gold. Sure. So, Kramer's off the hook." Mm-hmm. So Mac gets an idea because of the previous moment that just happened. So he takes a, and I'm going to botch this, and I'm going to try to say this. So he takes a sphygmomanometer, okay, a blood pressure cuff, yeah, and an alarm clock, and he kind of wires them together, and he creates a lie detector. You have a, where, where's the sphygmomanometer? Uh, it's under there, uh, the uh, lie de- uh, the sphygmomanometer, <laughs> and the alarm clock. I'm just trying to see the spelling of it. It's on the last page. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Jeez. Yeah. So he makes he makes a lie detector and basically says, you know, it's based on when you sweat, when you lie, you start to sweat and certain things happen and it triggers all of this 
to happen, and then the buzzer goes off. Yeah, okay. So we're going to test this. And so he's like, we're going to test this. We're going to hook Andy up well, to it. Well, it's a two-part thing. Yeah. So he's using the, the, the blood pressure cuff to just simply to get your blood pressure, and he's using the alarm clock to get your because he says when you when you lie and you're nervous you sweat right. so he rigs up the alarm clock to go right. off because you'll sweat enough to set the alarm clock off because he rewired it of course naturally okay I get it because yeah, he's okay. good with rewiring alarm clock <laughs> <laughs> <And> the- <sighs> MacGyver yes so he hooked Andy up to it he's like all right well we're gonna t- <laughs> we're gonna test this because we all like. So he asks Andy the first question he asks, and he says, I'm going to ask you a question, and I want you to lie about what the answer is. So he asks Andy, did you try to escape from the train? And Andy says, no. The alarm goes off. And then he asks a bunch of other questions, and turns out that all the questions are truthful. So so Andy's the control to make sure the device works. Exactly. So Hassan asks MacGyver, you're going to ask everybody these same questions, and then I, Hassan, am going to ask MacGyver these same questions. And MacGyver flat out is just like, no. You're yeah. not you're not going to do that. Yeah. So he says if we find these men, he wants to be fair and just and take the men. I think he says he calls it Rajmir. I don't know. I don't remember the name of the town and he's guys you're going to give him a fair trial. Right. That's oh, right. the, that's the end of this. You're going to take him up. You're not going to kill him. You're going to give him a fair trial. So right. Hassan agrees but only for his son. He's like right. I'll do it but I'll do it for my son. Yeah. So then a man named Webster who we've never seen until this point <laughs> speaks up and right. MacGyver decides, you know what? You're the next one for the lie detector. Yeah, he he says like like this is bullshit. This is I'm not going to do this. Right. Give some gives MacGyver some crap. Right. And Max like, no, actually, no, we are. And you're next. <laughs> you're next. Yeah. So get so he hooks him up, and he asks Webster flat out, "Did you sell fake toxic meds to Hassan's people?" <laughs> yeah. And Webster doesn't answer, and you can tell like there's sweat, and he's starting to crack, and immediately the detector goes off, and we find out Webster's one of the the other man besides aside from Kramer. So he runs and MacGyver takes off after him. MacGyver takes off his shoe, throws it onto the roof of the train to distract Webster. Doesn't work, and Webster punches Mac down to the ground. Just <laughs> he flattens was a big him. Guy. Yeah, he just yeah. flattens him. <clears throat> so then Webster goes to start the train. I don't know where he was going to go with it since the bridge has been destroyed. Well, I guess he could back up. Oh, that's true. So MacGyver's trying to get him like, no, 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 don't touch that, don't touch it, don't do it, I've rigged it, it's going to shot. Like he tells him, I rigged it, don't do it. Shut up, MacGyver. Right, so he fl- he flips the thing, he gets shocked, knocked unconscious. Webster is basically caught, essentially. Yeah. So Hassan, go ahead. I was going to say because Webster's kind of like a little weasel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Hassan is given his gold back. They find it, I think they just find it in a compartment like underneath the train. Oh, Webster was body packing it in a condom. Yes. Yeah. He had an entire treasure chest of gold in a condom <laughs> up his ass. That's why he was so like nervous and stiff. <laughs> yes. So, and so events. <laughs> <laughs> so Hassan gets his gold back oh. and he offers he offers the gold to James if James would buy the correct medicine. Right. So we have a little back and forth and James eventually essentially is like, "No, I don't want to do that. I'm going to I'm going to stay here. I'm not going to help you do this." And so then Diana steps forward because of course she does and basically is like, "Well, I'll stay. I'll stay with you. Yeah. We and- can do this together. This will be great." Um, he and Diane and the mother have a back and forth. And so the mother's like, well, if you ever need anything, you know where to find me. Now I'm, I'm interpreting that the mother who was in the, in the show, but not very much, but right. always is like scolding and kind of curmudgeon Yeah. Um, I guess that she's probably like a, 
wealthy dowager. She must be. Has a ton of money. Right. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, we'll just go to trip to India. Blah, blah, blah. Right. And whatever. Because you assume that she's, yeah, because she's like, well, if you ever need anything, you know where to find me. Okay. Leaves her daughter there with James to go back to this village and start their own life together right. as, as the doctors of this village. And, and, and so I guess that's kind of where things wrap up. Yeah. And then the next scene, we kind of pan out and then we see the villagers or the passengers are coming back from the village. And the little girl that we met at the very beginning, comes running back to MacGyver, hands the ghost doll head back to <laughs> MacGyver. MacGyver just kind of like laughs, and he kneels down next to the girl, puts his arm around her, he smiles, and he goes, what a deal. And it freezes, and we cut to black. And that's, and that's it. the end of the episode. Like, we didn't pull any audio from it, because it kind of stunk. There was nowhere to actually pull good audio, because it's just all... So the funny thing is, okay, here they are. They're all happy. The tribes, the tribe or the village is happy. Yeah, you think, right? Doctor and Diane go off and that and that, and there they are on a train in front of a bridge that just got blown up. Right. What? What? Right. So I can, I, you could almost see like the end, the real end, where like everyone gets on. You know, James and Diana go. The other pastors get back on to get ready to go. The the operator starts the train and they're like. Oh shit! We can't go anywhere. We gotta go all the way back. We have to back the train all the way back. It's just like, all right, I, so, okay. And but Max still has that information. I guess. Well, I guess he has the proof. Yeah. In in what's his name? The smarmy guy, the guy with the, all the gold up his ass. Webster and Webster. So yeah. Webster's the proof. Right. Exactly. So he's but he yeah. So Max still has the proof of the illegal arms, but doesn't deal. have any of the money anymore because they gave it all back. Right. So it's just Webster at his. But word. do they still have the brief? They still have the briefcase full of cash. I guess so. Yeah, because he didn't. Because Hassan the, paid the guy in gold, and the other guy electrocuted in the locomotive. Right. Right. Exactly. So do you think that they just they handcuff Webster to uh the the electrocuted guy? Yes. And that's it. Yes. And they yes. leave him out there in the desert. Oh. Yes, they probably do. <laughs> so that's it. So that's the end of the episode. Yay. That's the that's our ending. Um, but yeah, things get wrapped up in a nice, tidy little package. One of the most abrupt endings, I think, of the whole series so far. Yeah, kind whole of season. Un- unsatisfying. Yeah. The, sh- the episode was good. I l- really actually did like it for I all the too. nitpicks we picked apart. I thought it was really, really well done, well pl- well paced. So, um, so let's give it our little thing here. Yeah, go for it. Okay, what do we got? So, so how was it? I mean, was it entertaining? Absolutely. Absolutely. Very entertaining. For sure. Uh, there was no opening gambit, but the car chase was great. Yes. Fantastic. Loved it. Excellent, loved it, loved excellent it. stuff. Um, let's see. Uh, episode was okay. Watchable? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Um, love interest? Mm. I mean, you could make the case for Andrea. Sexy tension. Andrea. Okay, let's say maybe. I'd say sexy tension. There's some sexy tension there, possibly in the vestibule. Maybe they made out. We just didn't see it. Right. Because we were more focused on the doctor. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, heavy petting and face sucking. James and Diana. James and Diana, sure. For sure. But not from a guy. Can't, we can't count that. <laughs> um, uh, any actual sex anywhere, you think? James and Diana on the conductor's body. Okay. <laughs> on the, on the <laughs> she had sex with his arm. <laughs> She had with sex his armhole, with his, his, his shotgun blasted arm. Oh on the God! Con- what on is the conductor's body? It's disgusting, <laughs> but probably happened. Probably, and then later on, the electrocuted guy in the cab. And I mean, for the hair part, I think 
the one scene that just makes the entire episode was him standing outside looking at the bridge and the wind's just blowing yeah. through. You can really see the hair oh, that's there. A, and that's just, a mullet in the half right there. It was beautiful. So for me, it already gets a solid mullet for being on a train. Yeah. A mullet in the half for that hair shot. Yeah. And being a pretty solid episode. I mean, I... I as as far as it being goofy, I want to uh, I want to say four. Okay, but it wasn't. They could have lost some characters, so I'm going to go with three and a half mullets on this one. See, I went three point seven five. Oh, actually. Dave, I went three and three quarters. So how, how do we how do we uh, to talk about that point two five? It's not quite a, It's there. not quite a four star episode because. I thought that the secondary characters were a lot weaker than I've seen. They were pointless. So I would dock that quarter point. I don't. I wouldn't go down to a three and a half, but I docked the quarter point. But I could feasibly say three and a half because of it. But I go. I go up a quarter point to three and three, three, three and three quarters because of James and Diana's face sucking. <laughs> On the conductor's wounded body. Exactly. No, I just thought it was a really good episode overall. So yeah, I would be willing to go three, yeah, three, three point seven five. Sure, sounds okay. good. So I'm going three and a half because I just I like that number. Good. All right. So so next week we are at episode twenty, Greg. We have three episodes left. That's crazy until the end of season one. So next week's episode is called The Escape. MacGyver's elaborate plot to spring a missionary from a North African jail works perfectly. Until MacGyver discovers that nothing is what it seems to be. Okay. I don't run. I don't. This episode sounds fantastic, and I can't wait to watch I'm it. I'm very excited. Um, so that's going to do it for this week. Please reach out to us. Um, uh, Facebook, Champ and Climb, Blow Your Mind. Twitter, Blow Your Mind 14. You can now find us on Instagram, Champ Klein. Um, we've got our beautiful new website up and running, champacline.com. Uh, we said this last week in the uh, episode 42 of Champ and Climb, Blow Your Mind. You don't even have to remember our email anymore. You can just click the contact button on the, on the webpage, um, and you can find us right there. Just send us an email. Send Let us, us some know. delicious, delicious recipes for cookies. And we will read them all yes. on the show next week. So yeah, champacline.com. Uh, Greg, I, will t- I can't take credit for this, but Greg has put in so much more effort in the website and has learned a lot about the website and i'm it's it's just it's a great looking website and i'm very happy with the way it came out hey thanks hey you're welcome oh so yeah so check out the website let us know how we're doing um so i guess that's it episode 19 of mullets and memories i am dave champa i'm greg klein have a fantastic week guys well and maybe it's time for a smoke